We interrupt this broadcast to bring you what was and will undoubtedly remain one of my favorite interviews of all time, Midlife Van Life, Reinventing Work-Life Balance with Kyle and Jen Steen. Right, what is up, y'all? This is John Lawrence with Anesthesia Guidebook. This episode is an interlude, a brief pause in the series on Thrive in Training for Anesthesia Trainees. I thought about holding this show for the next several weeks while I wrap up that series, but I just can't. This show is so much fun, and launching this now coincides with the launch date of my friend's journey, which you'll hear all about in this episode. Kyle and Jen Steen have been friends of mine for the last seven years. Kyle's been a CRNA for 13 years. Jen is a fashion designer and farm-to-table chef. The short story is they built out a custom sprinter van into a tiny home on wheels, sold pretty much everything they own, including their house, and hit the road this week on a mid-career van life adventure with no end date on the calendar. Kyle is 41. Jen is 39. They're in the middle of their careers. In this episode, we talk about the why behind their decision and the how, both financially and specifically, like what kind of van they built, how they pared down 25 years of accumulated stuff to the absolute bare necessities, and what they hope to do while they're on the road. This is a long-form interview. We take our time over the next hour to talk through their decision and dream. I can remember talking with Kyle and Jen when they first hatched this plan, and I've watched them pull this dream together over the last couple of years. We did this interview from their van on the day before their epic road trip kicks off this week. We're literally sitting in the van when we chatted about this. You can see photos of the van in the show notes to this episode, also on Anesthesia Guidebook's Instagram page, or in the biggest and best way by following Kyle and Jen on their adventure on Instagram at Frank Van Steen. That's Frank Van Steen, F-R-A-N-K-V-A-N-N-S-T-E-E-N, Frank Van Steen. So check their account out. They're going to be posting about their story, about the van build, where they go, and what is going on. It's not every day that you see a highly intelligent, socially well-connected couple quit their high-income day jobs and hit the road full-time in a tiny home van. We talk in this episode about the American dream and the accumulation of wealth, status, and possessions. What I love about Kyle and Jen's story is that they kept seeing people embrace the mantra of delayed gratification all the way up to retirement and then hit walls. Walls like ailing health, limited physical ability, cancer, strokes, or just the fear of change that security and stability can subtly bring to one's life. And they didn't want that. They didn't want to just keep contributing to retirement accounts and doing the same thing every day while the best years of their life pass them by. So they're doing something different. They're taking a break from their careers to travel and create an adventure and a life worth living. I think it's so interesting because many people who go into anesthesia get very used to the income and routine of their careers. Kyle and Jen's decision drops the gauntlet for the rest of us to reevaluate our lives and the why behind our lifestyles. Where do you really derive your sense of enjoyment from? If money wasn't an issue, what would you do with your time? Are you able to get to the point, even for just a short period of time, like a month, three months, or a year? where your financial situation would allow you to chase that dream. 
to do that thing that may right now already be fading from the front of your mind under the scrutiny of common sense or your practicality or the sense of, but what would other people think if I did that thing? And maybe it's not about finding a bunch of days all strung together, but the ability to drop down a day or two per week. We work on average four 10-hour shifts at our hospital. My wife just dropped a day and now only works three 10-hour shifts a week. That extra day off a week has made a huge impact on her well-being and satisfaction, especially because it gives her more time to spend with our little nine-month-old munchkin. We also both take around 10 weeks off a year. We could certainly work more. We could certainly take less vacation and make more money, but we value the time more than the money we would make. I came across this idea years ago that what's not important will continue on without you. Kyle's decision to step away from full-time anesthesia work to adventure with Jen came at the same time that a couple of our other CRNAs, physician anesthesiologists, and even the lead administrative specialist in our department retired after long, long careers at one institution. Those people will be missed, and there was a lot of legitimate nostalgia shared when looking back over their careers. But the patients keep coming, the department has hired replacement staff, and the healthcare machine churns on. I've always been wary of the sense that CRNAs and physician anesthesiologists are just cogs in a giant healthcare wheel. It can be depersonalizing, anonymizing, and demoralizing. When you think about the statement, what's not important will continue on without you, it's a reminder that we have to actively build for purpose in our careers. Research shows that if you can arrange for 20% of your time at work to be geared towards something that you are truly intrinsically motivated for, it's protective against burnout. I wanted to share Kyle and Jen's story with you as an opportunity for you to reevaluate where you're at, where you're headed, and whether you need to make changes so you can take a step in the direction of being more fully alive. Lots of people go into anesthesia because it's an amazing field and a fascinating type of hands-on, brainy kind of work that can be very rewarding and a service to other people. But also, people go into anesthesia because the income allows us to pursue other things in our lives. This podcast is an invitation for you to recalibrate your story. I hope you enjoy it and what it does to you as much as I have. And with that, let's get to Colin Jin's story. Well, y'all, I'm so stoked. Yeah, to, we're doing to it To chat finally. with you. This is so much fun. In the ninth inning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've been talking oh, yeah, about it for months, and then here we finally... Nine and a half inning. I'm glad we finally made it work out. Yeah. We're in the van. We're in the van. We're in the van. We're in the van. We got so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be very exciting. <laughs> yeah. This um, so we're in the van. It's a Saturday, and the official life-changing road trip starts tomorrow. tomorrow is that morning. correct? Yep. Tomorrow, tomorrow morning. morning, bright and early. That's insane. 16-hour drive. Going from Portland, Maine to... Your hometown. Asheville, North Carolina. Asheville, North Carolina. My spiritual well, hometown. hometown. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you can claim it. It's yeah. Okay. That's right. Uh, well, as I look around at your van, and I've been telling you for weeks, I'm so stoked about where you're at. Um, we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to roll it X through some various things, but how does it feel right now? Uh, can It's pretty good. I feel like the weight starting to lift off of my shoulders, uh, yeah. the, the work weight, the life weight, the selling the house weight, all the other things we had to do to get to this point right here can finally start feeling like it's getting I'm a lot lighter. Starting and to breathe a little bit better. Ready to go Just and breathe. get on our journey. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
It's getting, yeah. I, I don't, for me, it hasn't hit me yet. Like we, we still have a home base here. We still have friends. We still have a safety net a little bit, but we did sell his truck the other day. So that got real. We're out of the house. That's real. And, um, we've been staying in the van now for almost a week, almost a week, almost a week. But I think once we hit the road tomorrow and it's kind of the unofficial see you later main, yeah. I think that's really going to, that's really going to hit me then I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We were, we were hitting the whites the other day on the way up to Montreal and I just, I get a little emotional. I was like, mm. this is going to be it. This is going to be our life. Yeah. yeah. And it was pretty awesome. Jen, I think like, oh my God, we're actually really going to do it. The year and a half prep yeah. and talk and yeah. planning and. And fear that maybe it's not going to work out. Maybe we're not going to make it to the end zone. Like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everything finally came together. Yeah. It, it started to hit me in, in a very great way. So you shot up to Montreal really quick to get these sick yes. custom screens put yep. in your doors and then like, like. 24 hour trip and then you were back in Maine. Yep. So you haven't really left New England, but no. tomorrow is legit like New England in the, well, you don't have a rear view mirror, but yeah. uh, the <laughs> rear view camera, <laughs> um, the side view mirrors and you're off like legitimately yeah. on the first recreational fun adventure. Yeah. And then, I mean, it's not going to stop after that. No, that's right. For, for a minute anyway. Yeah. Full steam ahead. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Well, so let's set the tone a little bit for the listeners who are, who are joining in. So, uh, Kyle, you've been a CRNA for how long? For 13 years. 13 years. You went to Georgetown. Georgetown University. Y'all y'all, y'all have been like friends and partners forever. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> you yeah. went to high school together? We went to high school. Yep. Yeah, we're we high, school high school sweethearts. Yep. High school sweethearts. Yeah, we've known mm. each other about 25-ish years. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, a couple proms, a couple homecomings, graduations, okay. colleges. Yep. Kyle, you just turned 40 not too long ago. Uh, Just turned 41. 41, okay. I'll be 40 next month. You'll be 40 next month. Yeah, uh, in two weeks, like two, yeah, two-ish weeks, yeah. The big 4-0. The big 4-0. I'll be joining the club finally. Congrats. (laughs) Zero birthdays are huge. Especially Zero, yeah. when you're in the middle of a life change. Yeah, midlife crisis van. Nope. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, nope, no sports car for this girl. So 13 years into your career, Kyle, as a CRNA, you came to Maine Med as a new grad. New grad. Is First that correct? Out of school. Yep. Wow. So what year was that? I could do the math, but. 09. Uh, 09. Yep. February of 09. 2009. I came here in 2015. So I'm, I'm coming up on a seven-year anniversary. Uh, so you've been a mentor to me. You've been someone who, who always knew what was going on when I've been at the hospital and, uh, somebody who was in it to win it in your career, uh, service line liaison, expert provider in all domains that you work in. Uh, so tell us a little bit about, we're going to get to the van. We're going to get to the van. We're going to get to the dream. (laughs) We're going to talk about that. This is all part of it though. But just give us a little bit of like when in, in, well, actually let's start with Jen. What, tell us a little bit about what, what have you been doing professionally? What's your world? Uh, Let's set that stage. Well, it's yeah, vastly different than the Miracle Center. But um, in Los Angeles, I was a costume designer. I went to school for fashion design. I was a costume designer and did a lot of styling. Um, obviously, that's not a huge industry here in Maine. Um, mostly just flannel. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. red, um, red and black, preferably. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for the first couple of years that we lived here, I kind of commuted back and forth to Los Angeles and Maine and it was just very taxing. I'd be gone for months at a time. And it just like, we didn't want to live our life that way. We didn't want to be apart anymore. We wanted to just like be together. So I um, kind of did some random things just to feed my creative juices. I worked on my friend's food truck, the mother trucker, which I absolutely love. Um, I 
started painting. Um, I started cooking a lot. And then Jeannie, uh, one of my best, best friends, who's also a CRNA at Main Med, um, she also needed to get some creative things out. So we started doing like a pop-up supper club type situation. And that really took off. And we did that for seven years, I think, mm-hmm. or whatever. So that's that's a, something I'm definitely going to miss doing. So I, I just want to clarify that because you're like, okay. oh, my friend Jeannie and I did this pop-up supper club. Yes. And people are like, oh, that sounds quaint. Yeah. That is not an adequate description. <laughs> uh, Jeannie owns a farm yes. out in the country of Maine. Yep. She grows most of the food all in of, yep. chickens and goats and, and ducks. And, and all, pigs this year. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so all of those ingredients from the farm yes. would go into Correct. these. I, I've never been to a meal that's more elaborate than what the two of you create. Yeah. These are like... 10 plus course yep. extravaganzas yes. with multiple kinds of drink pairings, alcoholic, yes. non-alcoholic. Yeah. You got options. Yep. It's seasonal. Uh, yes. Farm to table. Literally. Full tilt, like chef level. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and the thing is like, cause there's a, what is it? The lost kitchen. It's very has been like publicized in New York times and that kind of stuff. So people know about that, but like to come to your meal, Mm -hmm. you have to know you are genie, which is like even better. Correct. Yeah. It's all word of mouth. We, um, you know how it all started was genie does have this amazing farm and her family, um, they run it and she had one year, she had a surplus of tomatoes. She's like, what am I going to do with all these tomatoes? I'm like, let's do a cool, like, paired dinner with our friends each course will have a tomato element including dessert and we'll do drink pairings with it um her family also owns cold river distilling so we were like we have this vodka and gin and all this stuff that we can do these pairings with and obviously a local amazing beer scene here too yeah and so the idea was that all the ingredients we use are from the farm and if we have to source the dairy, it comes from just the dairy, one of the dairy places down the street from her, not even five miles away. So that's kind of our our goal is to keep everything within five miles of the farm. Nice. Um, that was such a fun dinner. And then every year we're like, let's do it again. Let's do it again. And then it turned into seasonal. So we're like, we'll do one in the spring, a couple in the summer, a few in the fall, one in the winter. And then it kind of just grew into this crazy thing where we started taking donations, doing tickets. There was a wait list. Like that was yep. pretty exciting and very flattering. And it's a lot. Like we we put everything into it. We also both have full-time jobs, families, you know, and it's in her home. Right. So that's that's this all, huge, like 1800, 1700s yeah. farmhouse. Yep. Like it's incredible. And you're averaging probably like what, 15 to 25 people at a time. We can see if we're doing an indoor sit down style dinner, which we do like our seven course seated, we can sit 22, 24 is yeah. pretty much our max. And it's literally just us doing it. The two of us cooking. If you see our kitchen, it's about this size of our van, <laughs> like not the even. It's, man, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, Molly, her daughter and friends usually help us serve and bus and things like, things like that. But it's, it's just us doing it's full it. Tilt. Yep. So, to, so that's a little bit more of the kind of where you're coming from professionally, mm-hmm. creativity yep. wise, the two of you as a partner are known as like the hostesses with the mostesses. Like <laughs> y'all have been like, um, kind of like a gravitational center of a lot of the social, environment with the CRNA community here in Southern Maine and just the mountain biking community in Southern Maine and the foodie community in Southern Maine. So that's a little bit of like, like just a tip of the iceberg for listeners chiming in. So we've got Kyle 13 years in to being a CRNA here, Jen with this incredibly creative 
food business and other outlets going on. So where, like, take us back to like the seeds of, okay, something needs to change. Like when did that first start to come to you and how did that become this? Like, how did that, how did you go to, we're going to quit our jobs. I know there was the, the question on selling the house was, was a question that you maintained well into the build of the van, but you ultimately mm-hmm. chose to sell the house, sell the vehicle, sell the truck. Mm-hmm. You put a little bit of stuff in storage. You custom built a teardrop pull behind trailer from pretty much the ground up. Mm-hmm. So you, you're hanging on to that. That's in storage with a couple boxes. But other than that, you have pared down 25 years of knowing each other worth of stuff yep. into a sprinter van that is now fully loaded. We just filled it up with water. Mm-hmm. You're ready to hit the road. So just like, like psychologically though, tell us like why, why this, why the change? How did you get here? Uh, well, <laughs> That's a very long story, but we'll try to shrink it down <laughs> in as little time as we can. This but. is just part one of the series. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, got it. All right. Yeah. We're going to touch base in uh, two weeks, and they're like, so, are you guys still together? Yeah, nice. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, well, honestly, one of the first things I can remember about the start of our journey was actually seeing your van. Nice. Mm-hmm. And so, John had a Sprinter van just like this, a little bit shorter, adventure wagon, and every time I'd see him pull out of town, see you pull out of town, I would get so excited. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God, this thing like, sounds so amazing. Just taking off two weeks down the road, doing whatever they want, no itinerary. Awesome. And I had never really seen a Sprinter van before. Nice. And I was just, the first time I walked in there and I saw you cutting windows in it, saw you doing the work, I was just, my mind was blown. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, this is amazing. So shortly after that, Jen and I took a trip to the Southwest where we rented a van, a, <laughs> a, a beauty of a van <laughs> um, uh, from uh, Escape, uh, Escape Camp- Camper yeah. Vans. It was a Ford Econoline E350 van uh, with about 265,000 miles on it. Nice. In great shape. And um, we traveled the Southwest for two weeks. And um, we went, you know, Arizona, New Mexico, Utah. Parks, all that, did did the thing, did the loop. And when we got done with our trip, we, so we crammed absolutely everything we possibly could into every day of that trip. Yeah. And when we got done and we were going back to the airport, we kind of both looked at each other and said, we both thought that we had seen and done more in that two weeks than we had in our entire lives up to that point. Wow. In just two weeks. So that pretty much started a fire for us and being like, you know, we just need to figure out a way to do this, do this more often. Um, so then a series of events kind of work. There's, you know, kind of COVID was getting started. Um, we had some very close friends of ours right around retirement age that didn't make it much past retirement age mm. and a few others that made it to retirement age. And then their bodies kind of fell apart and they weren't able to do what their whole dream was for, um, for retirement. And, you know, along with one of those people is my, my father who has now mm. has two bad knees, can't walk. My mother's, you know, has her own issues and now he has to take care of her full time. So their dream kind of like didn't come together at the very end. So we ultimately just sat down one after dinner and I brought why, up the idea of, hey, what do you think about uh, just buying a van like John's and converting it out ourselves and selling everything that we own and taking off out on the road? <laughs> Just a casual dinner. and uh, Jen thought about it for, I think, about 10 seconds and was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Wow. So, And that was 
Probably a little over two years ago. Just over two years ago. Yeah, I think. And then all these little things started coming up. You know, we went to a Christmas party and we um, talked with, with this guy who had done the same thing in the 70s with his family. And then all through, he's from Europe, but all through Europe. And he was like, yeah, we thought, you know, why wait? Let, let's take this the kids and let's show them something that they're not going to learn in a conventional school for yeah. a couple of years. And it's not conventional lifestyle. It's becoming more popular, which I'm a little bit nervous about, but... It's not conventional, but I'm like, that's okay. I think we're trying to find our own way, our own journey. And this seemed to make sense. I don't know. It just, I, the strangest thing, and maybe I should be worried about this is the entire build process, the selling of the house, the purging, the decision-making, the adulting of like insurance and life insurance, disability, you know, all of this stuff. There's not been one iota and like not one second that I'm like, is this the right idea? Are we, is this a good idea? You know, I think I feel so excited. Of course, I'm apprehensive about the minutia of it all, but there's not been one second. I'm like, we just have to go do this. And maybe it lasts for three months. Maybe it lasts for three years, but we need to just do it and go. Yeah. And there's no looking back at this point. I mean, yeah. well, there's really no looking back <laughs> at this point. But even the whole process, I really didn't question it at all. Yeah. I don't know. I feel pretty resolved in it. Thank God. So when he when he pitched this question to you, like, hey, mm-hmm. what do you think about doing a van and hitting the road? Uh, like, it, you thought about it for 10 seconds. I mean, mm-hmm. were you shocked? Were you just like, no, yeah, sure. Like, I think, I mean, again, we've known each other since high school and we've always kind of had this fantasy and like, in high school, it started out as like a V-dub bus, right? And they're yeah. like, okay, well, oh man, I don't know. We got to stand up now. And then, you know, in college, we're like, all right, we're going to take a gap year. And then we're going to get an Airstream. Oh, wow, those are really expensive. And oh, we can't afford to do that because we're college kids. So we went back to, you know, went to work. And okay, after we live in Maine for four years and pay off our debt, then we're going to go travel. Here we are 13 years later. And yeah. so I think it's something we've always kind of been lurking in the background a little bit yeah yeah yeah. so it wasn't totally out of you know out of purview that we wouldn't maybe someday do something like this um but i will say when he did propose the idea it was kind of uh, like okay where's this coming from cool yeah let's do it but you know right and he kind of said you know listen we're not getting any younger no 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 no. i'm gonna be 40 next year you know whatever it was and I think it was just kind of like, why wait? And we decided like, we're not going to do the kid thing. And we have this perfect opportunity to do it now while yeah. we still can. So, so here yeah. We are. So, so, here we are. <laughs> so, so Kyle, tell me a little bit more about that transition for you, because you, I, I've been telling everybody that, you know, that I know it at work that like, that's kind of the vibe that you've seen these folks hit retirement age. They're not able to do what they want to do. And you're 41 and you're like, why not now? You all both mountain bike. You're both super active. You love hiking. You love getting out and seeing things. So you're still able to do those things now, which is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, you know, this, the, the audience largely is going to be a bunch of anesthesia providers. So in terms of like mm-hmm. your, your mid stride in your career as a CRNA, uh, you're not, you're not quitting being a CRNA as far as you know, as far as I know, <laughs> <laughs> so how, the table at this point. how has that been just from like the professional transition to think like, no, I'm going to take a couple years. I'm going to take a year to a couple years open-ended. We'll see how it goes, but this feels like a reasonable thing to do, uh, for me in terms of my profession. Yeah, you know, so I've been at the same place at Maine Medical Center for 13 years straight and, um, 
job is great. It's a big level one trauma center, high acuity, um, a lot of sick patients, uh, very busy. But, you know, I found myself over the last five years uh, kind of just doing the same thing every day. Wake up, take the same road to work, go to work, do cases, come home, eat dinner, go to sleep, wake up, do it again. You know, four, four weeks off a year or so, I would, uh, you know, do a couple, do a few trips here and there, but, you know, nothing crazy. And uh, in all honesty, near the end of it, it just kind of felt like it ended up just being a little monotonous for me. So yeah. um, not to say it's not a great place to work or the practice isn't good, but um, it just kind of felt like the same thing. My, my brain was no longer turning as hard as it used to when I was younger. And I kind of yeah. just, um, I, I don't know, I, great, great word for it. I guess I just kind of started feeling sleepy at work. And so. Ironic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very ironic, right? Um, so I just decided that I needed to do something different and this is what we came up with. And I, you know, I've talked to a few friends who've done, you know, some, you know, like independent contractual work and stuff like that. And I think maybe that's in my future here in a little while, but for now I just ultimately decided I needed to take one year off of work, reset, think things through, figure out what I really want to do with the rest of my career and kind of just, you know, flying by the seat of our pants really here. No, no plans where to go. No plans what to do at the end of my, with my career in a year. Okay. Just kind of talk to people along the way. Maybe think about some independent work. See what other people have done. Yeah, that's awesome. It's awesome to be at this point and like you've done, we'll talk about like how much work you've put into this. I've been watching you all for the last couple of years. It's been an epic lift to get to today. Uh, but I think it's really intriguing for you to basically be set at the start of this trip and there's not a lot of like definitive and then this and then this and then mm-hmm. and then, you know, six weeks from now I've got a, a week of vacation that I'm filling in for somebody in Arizona. Like you're literally setting sail and you don't really know what the end of this chapter looks like or or a twist in the chapter down the road. Uh, which is kind of liberating in some sense. It really is. Yeah. Like yeah. It, like you were talking about like that weight lifting like that's a great way for the weight to lift it's just mm-hmm. to be like no nah, i don't have like i don't have a uh, a deadline or a, or a or a thing that i'm committed to six months now or a mm-hmm. year from now or whatever and you you're like legitimately like you resigned from your post at the hospital because i know we talked a little bit about like at our particular institution you could go 364 days and keep your seniority and that kind of stuff right. but but you're out I'm ultimately still on staff as a per diem employee, so okay. that, that that time still exists there. It was that, um, will I be doing work later on at the same hospital? I don't know. That's also okay. another okay. one of those things that's up in the air, but yeah. yeah. So not a bad way to go. You left the door open. Right. I mean, you could come back and fill in a, a yeah, per diem thing and, and, and keep that thread there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but pretty big decision to like sell the house. You talked about renting the house. You talked about keeping like a, a legit anchor here in Portland. And mm-hmm. so talk to us a little bit about that, just some of the decoupling. And and I know like we'll uh, get to the van build here in a minute and, and what you've got built out in here verbally for people. We'll, we'll throw some photos up online or link to your social media accounts mm-hmm. so people can see. But uh, pretty epic decoupling from all the stuff mm-hmm. you've owned and you've had this house for uh, 13 yeah. years, uh, 12, 12 years, 12 years. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We house bought for, it right just a, a year after we moved to Portland. So yeah, we, um, bought our house 12 years ago. It, um, it's been a great home. We thought we were going to rent a home uh, yep. and just do this little journey. And ultimately we decided we're 
the chances of us being off grid most of the time with poor cell service, poor reception, inability to communicate with owners, management companies, things like that. We ultimately decided that that was probably going to be a pretty big hassle. Well, in, um, in addition to the fact that our house is 1912, it's not like a spring chicken. It's in great yeah, shape. Yeah, it's got some but quirks. at any moment, something could happen and we have to deal with that. And then, then being on a you know budget right now, you know, we're going to be on a fixed income and, you know, having to deal with, you know, a furnace exploding or, yeah, any, yeah. or paying, even just paying a management company. Right. And then I think the final push, cause I was actually quite against selling the house. Like this is our nest egg, man. Like we bought lowest of the low and, you know, we only really bought it because we were tired of moving every year. And, um, our, you know, the housing market was so insane that it was less than our rent, you know? And so we're like, right. Oh yeah, let's just go buy a house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, not the case anymore. Not the case. And so then we're like, so when the market just exploded. Oh, it's super know, hot right it's now. It's incredible. So. Yeah. so that had to feel good. I mean, like crazy emotionally, but I mean, you sold probably at a really good price. We don't need yeah. to know details, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we did, yeah, we did very well. well. Very well. So, and, and, and that helped us fund this entire build. Awesome. So now we really don't have any expenses. You know, yeah, the diesel prices are insane right now at 530 a gallon, but it's cheaper than a mortgage. So, right. and once we get out West, you know, we'll be hitting a lot of, um, you know, BLM land and it'll be free to stay and we'll be strategic about how we drive and all of that trying to be on a budget. But, um, yeah, so, so selling nice. the house was, it was emotional because it was a good, it was an amazing house to us. We got engaged there. Um, our dog who recently passed grew up there. Um, we got married there. You know, we've had, ama- we've met amazing You got people. married in your house. Not in our house, but I mean, just oh, like you were we there. lived, oh, we we lived there. in our okay. home. And, okay. You know, it's just been like so many milestones and um, incredible, you know, so many parties with so oh many friends and yeah, we can talk about Halloween on the next episode, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. 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 yeah most Epic half Halloween the listeners parties. have been there, so they know. <laughs> nice. Uh, let's, let's talk about the van. So you started off with a, just give us a rundown on like the, the global specs, like, uh, is a 170 spur van, four wheel drive. Yep. So two, uh, 2020, 170, uh, wheelbase sprinter van with four wheel drive, high roof. Um, not the biggest one you can get, but the second biggest one you can get. We just bought a straight cargo van. So it's just an empty metal box when we got it. Yep. Nice. Uh, 2020 came with some nice features. You got from the factory, you've got 360 degree cameras, Mm -hmm. some of the creature comforts in terms of the driver package and that kind of stuff. So you got swivel seat ups up front, leather seats up front. So like the front, the front three feet, like the two seats and the dashboard and the cockpit, so to say, (laughs) is pretty sick, but that's all from the factory. And then basically just so folks know from, from the two seats up front, to the 10 feet to the back door, it was a empty sardine can, like literally a metal box box, with nothing in it. Mm -hmm. And now this is a incredibly cozy home. Uh, So hit us up. I'm just going to throw out some things I'm seeing. I'm seeing a fridge that's got a freezer tied in. You got solar on the roof, Mm -hmm. wood paneling on the ceiling, Mm -hmm. ceiling fan that's running right now, a shower stall stand-up shower stall with a compostable toilet in there we got walnut countertops under the countertop sink uh on-demand hot water a bed in the back that is set up all the time so you don't have to tear that thing down and put Mm -hmm. the 
uh, put the sheets away, which was a big, big that's, that's like a big yep. decision point. Mm-hmm. Um, cabinets everywhere, storage everywhere. And then the back of the van below the van, below the bed access from the back doors is a garage that's holding mm-hmm. two sick mountain bikes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got a brand new yep. e-bike in there that's for Jen. Uh, transition bike for Steen. Uh, well, you're both Steens, but you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, the OG Steen. L Steen. Um, <laughs> and you cut in some windows. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I'm sitting in a jump seat right now that's right behind the captain's chairs. You got a swivel table, a little bar. I mean, this thing looks like a home, but it's custom. And you did everything. All of it. Everything. 100%. Except for the screens. Except for the screens. Yeah. We just got back from Canada back from and Canada. they installed these sick custom bug screens uh, in your doors with magnetic closures and roll up and all the stuff. So um, so this is an epic build. If, if folks are wondering, like this is a legitimate full tilt epic build. Uh, I will not be able to describe what's under the garage back there in terms of hot water and electric, but the thing looks like the flux capacitor from Back <laughs> to the Future. You that gotta, is the best compliment you ever. Can, <laughs> you can push a button on the inside of the van. The gray water tank under the van opens up and dumps. So if you're over a dump site, you can do that. Uh, I mean, you got on. I mean, there, there are too many things. We could spend, you know, three podcasts just talking about mm-hmm. the features of this van. Mm-hmm. But this thing is sick. Thank you. Roof yeah. rack, ladder, storage box on top, two inflatable subs on the top. But bikes, because they're pricey, are inside. Baby sleep safe inside. And secure. Baby sleep yep. inside. Yep. Baby sleep inside. Nice. Uh, so, tell us a little bit about just some of the, like the the decision points around like people are going to be listening. To this oh cool, cool. They built out a van. They're hitting the road. So, like broad strokes, decision points on what you wanted in the van. There's a difference between like a weekend warrior, like my van. Yep. Not. I mean, know that it's, that's cool to hear that it was inspiring to you not this caliber of build like at <laughs> Dif- all yeah, but it's a totally different, different purpose yeah. right purpose totally. built so ours was like short trips weekend yep. like mm-hmm. we had water jugs that we hauled in and out you yep. got a water spigot on the outside of this van you got a you got a shower on the back of the van or a spray nozzle on the back of the van you got all kinds of things so talk to us about like what you what you really wanted and what you're stoked about well First of all, if we were building a weekend warrior or just like a, you know, one month, whatever adventure wagon, it would be vastly different than this vastly. But we wanted, we built it just the broad stroke of the feel of it all. We wanted it to feel like a tiny home inside. So when we had to be here during inclement weather, we didn't mind being in here. I didn't want to feel claustrophobic. I didn't want to feel like I was camping all the time. Yeah. And the idea is that the living room will be the outdoors. We also have a massive awning that comes out. It's 15 feet, 15 foot awning something, or something. Yeah, 15, 20 it's feet. Massive. And it's all lit up and awesome. So that was that kind of feel. We want it to be very tiny home-esque. So not a lot of, there's not a lot of carabiners around and S you know, things like that. They're more adventure that we would probably do in like our Weekend Warrior next build. Nice. <laughs> but, um, so the feel of it, was more going towards that. Um, other points that we wanted before we even ordered the van was that we wanted to be able to stand up. Yeah. Um, Cause after our Southwest trip, we were crouched over. Um, like we said before, baby sleep inside. So we really wanted the mountain bikes inside, which really limits it with the bed. Um, a lot of people, and I love the banquette seating where it really feels open and, yeah. but you have to make your bed every day. You have the bikes couldn't be inside then. Um, and I did, I was like, all that storage is now going to be used for sheets and bedding and all of that. Yep. If we eliminate that, now we have a platform bed, bikes go underneath. We don't have to make our bed. It's almost a queen size bed. We're very comfortable in it. 
Um, so I'd say like the ceiling height, we want to be able to stand up. Um, we want to, didn't want to have to make our bed every day or the big basic right. things. And Kyle, I mean, you guys have this great thing at work is we want to eliminate any bop. Mm. So no bops. Betrayal know. of purpose. That's right. Betrayal of purpose. So something that you're just like, dang, that's not working like it should. Mm-hmm. Or like, I really need some more functionality in this piece of equipment or gear or whatever. So it's an annoyance every we day. We want to take out any re- time redundancy. Like take out any redundancy. Right. So in our department, in the anesthesia department, we have this active search for bops, betrayals of purposes. And then we try to eliminate those. So like one of them was like, not having blood pressure cuffs or pulse oximeters on patients that made it to the OR. So we systematize getting disposable BP cuffs and pulse oximeters on people in the holding room and in pre-op. Think it'd be a pretty easy switch. Took a long time to dial that in, (laughs) but now everyone's got a disposable BP cuff and a pulse oximeter on that comes to the OR and it's just easy. It just makes your job easy. So, so you're saying you're, you were trying to identify things that like you got outlets all over the place. Mm -hmm. You got, uh, like your typical three, three prong plug-in outlet, which yep. is the sound, like we're, we're full, like the recording is happening right now on van power. We are, I'm not plugged into the house. We're on van power. We're chilling in the van. The lights are on, the fans running. Uh, you got on-demand hot water. Uh, we got the heater running. We have a diesel a heater underneath diesel here. Diesel fueled heater. The engine's off right now and we're like full tilt lit. It feels like I'm sitting in a living room. Awesome. That's the feel we want. That's the feel we want. It's so good. Feels like an apartment. And you put some sick black rims on this thing, adjusted the suspension in the back a little bit so you can handle the weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, all-terrain tires, of course. Of course. <laughs> so this thing it. looks just from Maine, you know, you need tires. Yeah. yeah. What What's the color of this van? Uh, like Anvil. Yeah, like a it's blue like a blue gray. Anvil. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. So sick. Yeah. So what do you... Uh, wow. God, we could, I mean, we could nerd out on the van. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could nerd out on the van for sure. What are you most stoked about? Uh, most stoked about uh, the components inside of the van. Yeah. Um, I guess like my, my absolute favorite thing in this van is our hot water heater setup. Yeah. Love mm-hmm. it. Uh, brand new van. Pretty scary to cut into <laughs> things in here, right? Had to put in, had to put in windows. How do you things? Well, spliced right into the cooling system off of the van, right into the motor. So spliced into the cooling system. Uh, ran lines all the way to the back to the hot water. The hot water heater sits all the way into the garage with the bikes. Uh, so when we start to drive and the temperature in the engine gets to 200 degrees, so does the water. So when we stop, we have five gallons of 200 degree water that we can bleed into the um, water, tanks. water tanks and the shower. And we don't have to use any power to use that. So it heats up on demand by the power of the engine. Yeah, it's incredible. It's remarkable. Yeah, and that's actually my my favorite uh, component that we put in as well. I mean, we have really cool things. Like there's also a air compressor underneath the hood. So if we were nice. on the beach, want to air up, air down, no problem. Um, the electric system, like the, I can't even start with the electrical oh system. It's so I insane. get overwhelmed. Like, okay, I can dabble in the plumbing. I can dabble with this and that and the flooring and the lighting and whatever. But dude, I told he, Kyle earlier, just looking at it made me nauseous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, PTSD. And so, so just, so just thinking about it, um, to kind of set like, you, I, we, I, we will not be able to convey how much work it took to get mm-hmm. here. Right. So it's not, not for the work. faint of heart. And no. like, no. and, no, and no, I've, no. and I've seen both of you, but, but Kyle, especially working with you the last year and a half, like 
you have both of you have given up a lot of a free lot. time to get to this point. Like yes. every weekend, every evening, we're over a thousand hours of build time. That's just build time. That's not even research time. One thousand hours. Over. Yeah. Yeah. Probably build over time. Yeah. yeah. Probably approaching more like fifteen. I think I stopped about twelve hundred. Okay. Clocking in for this man, day. Man That's hours. very man interesting. Fifteen hundred man, man hours. Man hours. Of build time. That mm-hmm. doesn't include the thousands of hours of research time. Epicness. Because that's the thing that makes me nauseous about electric. I don't know anything about electric. Uh, Kristen, my wife, did the electric in our other van. It was nice. Dimmable LED lights, all the things. Well, not all the things because we didn't do this. But this is just insane. I mean, to have – you got solar. You can Mm -hmm. plug this thing in uh, for short power. You've got uh, batteries are charging off the alternator. Mm -hmm. And you've got a hot water system that's plugged into your coolant system under the hood. Like, I guess another way to frame this is like – what did you not do? <laughs> uh, that's that's a great question. Yeah. I don't I don't think we missed much. Oh, oh, we didn't put an air conditioner in. Oh yeah, no AC. No AC. Okay. No AC. Okay. Hence we, all the why we chose these windows, why we got the screens. Yeah, you got sweet windows. Um, yep. Yeah, so it's gonna open the up. The AC just... we thought was gonna be too much of a draw because we really want to yep. be off grid, and so that like that's a big primary component of it, and it would take up so much of the roof space, mm-hmm. and it was important for again all of our other adventurables to go up yeah, there yeah. and a lot of more battery power a lot, a lot more, battery. more expense yep. we were right, right. we try to get close to our budget we were already kind of blown it out of budget and that would have sent us to the moon on the budget putting yeah. okay. air conditioner plus it would have used up roof, valuable roof space mm-hmm. are you have. willing to talk about the price of the van the price of the build um are yeah. we sure yeah yeah, yeah how so. much so how much did the van this is the full it's a full tilt tricked out van from the factory so, yep. and top, that came in at but it was still a tin can in the back so that came in tin at what can in the back top tier build from the factory was sixty two thousand. Sixty two grand from the factory yep. and this is when you could buy vans yeah this is when this you could buy just vans. before this is when you could buy we vans. got in just before which is a yep. little bit of a tease yeah. putting this yep. into the podcast yeah. Woo, like yeah. you were, kyle you were just telling me dealerships right now are putting like 10 to 15 grand surplus fee just just, just for, for low inventory because right. they can't because yeah. these are so hot right yep so you got this for sixty-two grand when you could still put an order grand. in, we, and we still we put an order in with the expectation that it would take us a year to just get the van. We and actually ended up getting COVID. it in about yeah. seven months. Yeah. Okay. From, and okay. We had it, it was built here in the U.S. And I will say that we did start looking at used vans because these things are they'll last forever, especially we yeah. got a diesel, so that'll yeah. run forever. And then we're like, you know what? For an extra twelve and twelve thousand dollars is a ton of money, but for the extra twelve thousand, we might as well get the safety net of having the warranty, having a new build, having an engine broken improperly. We know it's ours because this is going to be our full-time home. If something breaks down, it's not like we have a a car to go hop into and go to a motel or something easily. Like this is all, this is all we have. (laughs) Well, you got a sick e-bike under the, well, we do. And that was, that's my backup plan. I was like, (laughs) if we break down and I can hop on that thing, right at 50 miles. And then what was your initial budget for the build? What did you hope to keep it at? We we were hoping to keep everything under a hundred grand. Yeah. So we were full tilt. So 62 on the van. So you're Mm -hmm. looking at 38 on the build. And what did the build come in at? We're around, so we were hoping less than 40, but with the added suspension, the rims, my very fancy fridge and freezer, <laughs> sorry, um, we are around 46. 46 grand yep. with a 62 van, mm-hmm. so you're at 108-ish. Yep. Ish. And then you got it insured, which is yep. tricky, Yes, because anybody can just go on Geico and put in the van details and your van's insured, right. yep. but you put... 46k and 1500 build hours Correct. in this thing 
if this thing wrecked on your way out of town yep. tomorrow, you yep. want some sort of compensation for what's in there. Exactly. And insuring the van does not insure all of that. No. But you right. did get it insured yes. through State Farm. Yep. You said it's been they've still been awesome, tricky but awesome. Yep. Like yeah, took, send, took some time. Pretty easily actually. Send, yeah. them, send them photos. They you know you have to it has to be so we converted the van into RV insurance. Yeah. Uh, to do that, you have to have a place to sleep. You have to have a cooktop. You have to have a um. And self, you have to be completely self contained. Yeah. You need tanks, water tanks, gray tank, and you need a toilet. Cool. So you have to have all things. And then they'll convert it to RV insurance. We did that. And um, then they kind of look at all your pictures, see what you did. They give you a value of what they think it would yep. be to replace the van. Yeah. So just to frame this for folks, to be specific, you're looking at 108 grand in on the, on the build. Mm -hmm. uh, because of your financial situation and you sold the house and you planned for this and you saved and you don't have kids, mm -hmm. like, you don't owe any money on this vehicle, Correct. which right. is incredible. Yep. And then the insurance company came around and they're willing to spot you for like 200, a little bit over yep, 200. Little, it looks like probably an extra 100,000. So look, what we're guesstimating right now, we haven't got the final numbers, but around 210, 28, 210, 212, somewhere in there. Is what, is what they're going to insure the van for. Correct. Right. Yep. So if you went to market and you wanted to buy this spec of amazingness that mm. you have built like you did everything but eric like if you're if if you're listening and you've done any looks at vans and options and that kind of stuff it's a full tilt top tier beautiful van if you wanted to go buy this on the market what would you be looking at oh you know that's that's a good question it's 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 hard to tell right we're not professional builders we're just, sure. just diy sure um you know it's not the same caliber of a van of a build it looks great it looks nice of course, there's a few things that aren't as buffed out as if it would have been from a professional. For sure. Um, but if you were to buy it, a professionally built van that looks that looks like this, I think it would cost you upwards of about two two twenty five something like 225. that. I mean, the Rebels in a similar one with the four wheel drive, blah blah yeah. blah, whatever. They're starting at two two thirty five for this. For this, uh, we saw. So that's if you buy one from Winnebago. Okay. Yeah. And it's a, the RV type type build, right? It doesn't look like an apartment inside. Yeah. The, you don't have inside. like you know beautiful grained walnut countertops right. with right. like outlets just where you want them. Artwork on the wall, <laughs> like spaced wood. Uh, you know, panel ceiling and stuff like what's what's on the wood? What kind of wood is that? Cherry, cherry from a local. Uh, yeah, this is all here. from Fat Andy's in a North Yarmouth. Come right. on, yeah, we Come we, we bought a lot of we did local. Uh, you know, we hit up uh, Atlantic for a lot of our wood and so two thirty five off the lot from yep. Winnebago for a Sprinter chassis, yep. one seventy wheelbase, four wheel drive, yep. but it looks like an RV on the inside. This looks like a custom built home on the inside. And so just to, just to throw it out there for folks, do you think, I mean, you saved, you know, probably over a hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars doing this yourself, but you, maybe, maybe you would take a hundred, maybe you would pay a hundred grand to right. save the headache oh, and heartbreak man. and all that kind of stuff. Oh. I mean, but, but has it been worth it? I mean, would you do it again? Ooh, I don't know. You might, <laughs> you might want to ask Jen. I can see the whites of your eyes right now. Why one. are you sweating? I see Ooh. a vein popping. Okay. Okay. I would say that, um, a million times did we say like, what are we doing? Why are we, we're like, we're not professionals. And like, you know, we said earlier, we sacrificed a lot to do this ourselves. You know, yeah. we spent, you know, hours away from friends and family and trips and saving and all of this. That being said, and not that he, for a CRNA, he's not the most A type of CRNAs in your field by nature. Sure. I think they typically are. Um, but when it came to the van build, I was like, it doesn't matter, a pro professional or not doing this for us, you're not going to be satisfied. 
These are going to be like, what's behind the walls? Is it really kill matted and insulated and spray foamed and everything glued? I'm like, I can't tell you how many bottles of Loctite and wood glue we went through yeah. to alleviate like any sort of suspicion. Like, is this going to stay? Is this going to squeak? The squeaking thing has been. I'm very squeak adverse. Very squeak adverse. And <laughs> I don't like, I don't like road noise. No, no. It's, we're, yeah. getting, we're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. Nice. Um, yeah. But so I would say that as much as we would want to source this out, I think that we would ultimately want to build it ourselves again. There's something that comes from like the pride, mm. the, a lot of pride, the ownership. Yep. The, you know, the what's behind the walls, right? The peace of mind. So if, if this light goes out right here, for example, we know where that connection is and we can pop that panel off ourselves. Ideally, not ideally, not ideally, but right. we know we don't have to right. call the manufacturer and talk to somebody to talk to somebody to talk to somebody. You know, my uncle, for example, bought a new Airstream, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. And he called and he's like, Hey, does your guys have, you know, the propane leak underneath the stove? And we're like, no, but you need to get that checked out immediately, which right. back to the part, we also have no propane. We didn't want any, you have an induction cooktop. We have an induction, induction cooktop. Yeah, Everything's electric. Yep. Nice. Electric. Nice. Um, and I think, I think the sense of pride when you roll, I mean, you're, I, I've been feeling from both of you the last just couple of weeks, like you talked about at the start, like the weight's beginning to lift. Mm-hmm. Y'all been under some weight. Like mm-hmm. it's like the build, the build was insane. And then the build got done pretty much. I know you just got your bug screens put in this week, but, uh, but then there was the, oh, now we've got to pivot and actually like go through all the stuff in our house, get rid of that, mm-hmm. box the house up, sell it sell the vehicles you have one storage unit again with this you, you got a little kind of a dry run a little i'm mean, not a dry run i mean i remember you building the teardrop trailer that was epic but like you gained some experience on that mm-hmm. with electric and plumbing and stuff but um it's i think when you roll and then you've got this custom van and and everyone that you meet is going to be like whoa sick van can i get a tour <laughs> oh, uh, open that up did you do this yourself yeah yep. like as, yeah. as annoying as that can be there's a little bit of a pride that comes. There really with is yeah. i love it yeah i love it when people have stopped us and want to see it and i think a, the majority of people are enamored by the fact that it looks like a little tiny home a little apartment yeah. inside you know but I'm like do you know what it takes to put this outlet right here Epicness. you know like Epicness. just having this like things that we take for granted being in a house and not only that, building a house, it's stable. This, we have to consider everything moving. Like, for example, right. this ginormous fridge freezer that's behind the passenger seat. Yeah. If we get in a wreck, if we roll over, do you want this in the back of your head? No. So we bolted it through the floor, through the nice. frame, through the frame, I should say. So it's all those little things that, um, you know, put a lot more work and stress into the actual build itself. But we feel safer, more confident that how we did it was the yeah. safe way. Um, but I love when people look in here and are like wowed by it, and especially Shocked if people know they've built a van before or they're a contractor. Oh my or gosh. It's those kind of people too that really understand. I'm just so blown what away. We've done. I, I don't think that I could do something to this caliber. I mean, I don't know that with the electric and stuff, and, and I don't know. It's just if epic, we could do it, anyone can do it. You just got to have the time. Well, and, 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 I th- and I think actually that is one of the things like coming away from our much more simple van build it was an empowering thing for us as a couple mm-hmm. uh, to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember like at the end of that, it took us, I think like six months straight, like three full weeks of vacation, 
you know, weekends, evenings, uh, God bless my neighbors. I was out there just like yep. sawing oh, stuff. No. I usually shut it down <laughs> around 9 PM, but you know, bam, 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 12 hours. Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah, like, what yeah. is that yeah, dude same. doing? I feel bad you know? for our neighbors too. You had about three years of that in a row yeah. with, the, yeah. with the teardrop and right. this. So, but when you cut sheet metal and <laughs> in your brand new $60,000 Mercedes Sprinter van, you tell cut us more, a, John, tell soon. us yeah. more about this. Yeah. Yeah. Too soon, right? yeah. You cut a, Oh, well, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. I've actually blocked that out. We cut one window a little bit too big and we had a leak. Um, but when you, I mean, there's a level of commitment and there's a level of like bonding that goes on between two people that I don't think Chris and I, I mean, I don't know. It's like, it's like we raised a kid in six months, you know, like you go through like, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you always sure. talked about parents analogy. being like, well, if we can get through that, we can get through anything. Well, oh, you man. compress that down to like, you know, six months for us, a year and a half for you all. Cause it's yep. much more complex, but like you do, there was an incredibly empowering sense of like, we can now do anything. Mm. Mm-hmm. Not that we want to, you know, we might not want to build another <laughs> no. van, no, but you, so. you learn that like where there is a will, there is damn sure a way. Absolutely. You yeah. can, honestly, 100%. in all honesty, like if we can do this, you know, with enough time and enough will, I feel like almost anybody could do it. Like yeah. you, yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of will though. It's, it's a lot of will. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It's you really, you really like when you get started and you, and you get going on the van build, the amount of knowledge out there and the amount of reading out there and the amount of, there's so many different ways to skin a cat here, right? Yeah. You can build anything you want. It's just a blank slate and you got to figure out what you want. That's big part of the research. And then you actually got to figure out how to do it. And that's a whole nother part. And Mm -hmm. Jen and I work very well together. We've, we kind of always had, but I still look in here and can't believe that we built this and this is what it looks like right now. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy even to me. Yeah. Because Um, it's, it literally is like an X lap on somebody who's really sick when you're in the middle of it. You got guts everywhere, (laughs) like organs are where they shouldn't be. Stuff's like sprayed everywhere. Like it looks nasty when you're building it. You got the seats torn up. There's a wires everywhere. It's, it's, it's it's daunting. Use a it's daunting. web of yeah. cables and yeah, there's yeah. a yeah. little bit of a safety component in there as well. Yeah. You yeah. know, especially right. with our electrical system. One, are we going to set the van on fire from not doing things correctly? Right. Are we is this the right thing to do? Safe. You're plugging right into the factory electrical. Goodbye warranty. Right. Right, right there. Right. You know. So yeah, you're taking. There's a lot of risk. There's a lot. There's a yeah. lot of risk. So you really got to. You know, do your research. I think the most intimidating thing for us was installing the diesel fueled heater and like Mm. cutting the main Uh. fuel line of the van and doing a splice into that. You're like, I'm just a dude. Like, I'm like, I'm not even like a mechanic. I'm I'm like, am I doing the right thing by cutting this fuel line? Clip. Well, too late. (laughs) We're not turning the van on until I solve this problem I just created. But, Mm. but then it, then it works, uh, which is sweet. So, um, epicness on the build, um, tell us a little bit about after all of that, um, what are you like, what are you most looking forward to? Tell us a little, little bit more just about the stoke of looking forward to the next few months. Mm, I'm personally, I'm looking forward to just being able to get back out in the middle of the wilderness with no agenda, be able to, we're, we're both, we both fish a lot. So I'm, I'm excited to get out there, stand in a river, fish, be alone, be back out in the wilderness yeah. and, uh, ride my bike, hike, for a long period of time, you know, kind of get back to what I used to do when I was, when I was a lot younger in high school and yeah, kind of just get that, get that feeling again. And, you know, it's, it's easy to, you know, kind of be in the, it's easy to kind of get in the city and just get every day, you know, I got, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I got plans next week. Oh, I got plans 
the week after that, I got plans a month, and before you know it, you're just you're just always doing something. There's never yeah. there's never any rest. Well, so. I think it goes back to kind of my point, like breathing. Like I'm really excited to, to breathe again. Like I'm starting to like exhale gently, and I feel like both of us being from the West Coast, every vacation week we had, we felt like okay, we live so far from our families. Being here in Maine, you really can't be much further from Los Angeles and Washington State. Right. And so I feel like every week of vacation we had was trying to like go and check the boxes and go see our families and okay. And then, you know, three days here and then flying to California and then three days there and then going to Mexico and then doing this. And, yeah. then, and we got home exhausted and we really weren't fulfilling. I mean, of course we love our families, yeah, like every family but like we weren't fulfilling rushed. ourselves, you know, we weren't really filling this, you know, part of it. And I think that's part of it is just getting out there and, like quality time with our families and now yeah. we have quality and quantity before yeah. it was just come in there, see everybody as fast as you can get yep. out, go see everybody yeah. fly back out. And yeah. the flight home for us is always, you know, 16 hours one way, then it's 10 hours to Jen's parents, then it's 16 hours back here. So, um, it was a little daunting. We don't, I haven't, we don't feel like we've had quality time with family in a very long time. So. Yeah. And it's terrible. It's a terrible feeling. So. Um, you were saying Kyle, like your dad is, uh, health is, you know, like he's got some bad knees yeah. and you're wanting to help him out and do some things. But one of the mm -hmm. cool things you had mentioned is that he's always wanted to go to the Indy 500. Mm -hmm. So that's on the list. That's on the list. It's yeah. On the so list. at it's the end of May, we're going to, the only thing on the list, probably really. the only, the only thing on the list. Yeah. Certainly what's keeping us from just zipping over to the West coast right now is, is that, that we're going to take uh, my father to the Indianapolis 500 at the end of May. It's awesome. It's been on his bucket list forever. And uh, so we just... Uh, Since, well, I mean, he, he went to school in Air, Purdue, Airbnb so... the other day. Yep, yep he went to school him. in Purdue, so hometown for him. And nice. Going to go back there and take yep. him pit, pit pass all the, the whole nine so he can, you know, live his dream. Oh, so, that's yep. sick. Yep. Tell me about, because uh, you've also, you know, like, you're looking forward to quality time with your family, but you've also talked about how your family don't understand this decision. Mm. Tell us about that. Like the people who are going like, you know, colleagues, friends, families, uh, when they're like, you're doing, yeah. you're doing what? But like, but like you're going to buy a house. Like where's right. your, where are you going to, like, there's been like, how do you answer people? Like, nope. Yeah. We're like 40 ish yeah. and yeah. mid career. Yeah. And we're, uh, we're doing this. Like we're yeah. going to live on four wheels for a, a minute. Yeah, it's tricky. They uh, it's they don't understand. They it, just don't. They're just and it's like, not oh. even just the process that they don't understand. I think a lot of it. My thing is, I I was like, you know what? We just have to go do this. We just need to take a year off or whatever. And maybe it's three yeah. months. Maybe it's three years. Like I said, but we just need to say we just need to take some time, reset, enjoy each other a little bit, enjoy life. And that usually they're like, oh, okay, got it, got it. But then. We talk about making plans, like coming to visit people. They're like, oh, we got your room already. We're like, oh, we're all, we're all set. And they're like, what do you mean? Where are you going to sleep? I'm like, what do you guys think we've been doing for the last year and a half? Like we've yeah, been building yeah. a tiny home. Like we're, we're totally- going to show up with our home. With right, our home. Right. And having I think to, when they actually lay eyes on it, I think it when becomes they it. a little bit more obvious. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a weird stigma too. It's like you, 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 you need a home to live. Yeah. Like there's that stigma. And it's just there. You, You're 40. You should own a home. You should own a home. You should have all the things. And- we got rid of all the things and now we have just this and yeah. this is our our home, our garage, our kitchen, our shower, our bathroom, yeah. our everything right here in 80 luxurious square feet. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, and I also think there's this stigma in the anesthesia community of like you work really hard to get a high paying job mm -hmm. and you're supposed to do that and just mm -hmm. make a lot of money yep. right. and accumulate a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's the dream, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's mm -hmm. the American dream 
dream. Right. Right. And so tell me about that shift from like the philosophy of it and then just the practicality of it. Like you've had, uh, I know people are going to be asking like, well, what are you doing for money? Like day to day, have you saved a year? Right. How are you, are you like drain? Are you withdrawing on retirement? Are you just right. putting retirement on hold? Uh, I know a huge headache for you was like finding health insurance mm-hmm. while you're gone. So, uh, yeah, just talk to us a little bit about those kind of things. Well, I was going to say, so you're listing all these things, the American dream. I'm like, God, that sounds terrible. <laughs> like just getting rid of everything I own. I was like, I feel like it was such a process. And I will say after, you know, we can talk about the, we've talked about the band build and how, whatever, but that was so gratifying, I think, because we were looking forward. The purge of the house and the selling of the house was probably the most difficult thing we've ever done. It was and crazy. I will say that it was not, it was very difficult. You were saying it was harder than the van build. I absolutely I think, think so. it. And I think it's because, you know, I work from home. I have a lot of, we also have a lot of hobbies, but I also do a lot of things artistically. We host a lot, as you know. So the things that I accumulated over the years and because we did have storage just got pushed and piled and all of that away. So having to let go of all of those things in a rapid express, mm. quick close sale um, was incredibly taxing, really emotional, really difficult. And because I don't have a lifestyle where I go to work, I clock in, I put on my scrubs and I, you know, leave for the right. day. I work from home and all the, and all these things. So I would say that that part of the sloughing and the preparation was the most difficult. Um, so with the accumulation of things, I don't think I'll ever want to do that again. <laughs> so, interesting. you know, when it comes to that part of the American dream with like the white picket fence and whatever, and, and you know, maybe someday that will all come back around. But for now, simpler, like I just mm. simple. I want everything to have a little place and a little home and just the necessities and simplify. Um, but when it comes to the financial part of it and all, um, I think the silver lining of COVID was that we started this right at the beginning of COVID. And for people that really like to go out and enjoy the town, we like to go to breweries, we like to go out and eat, that all stopped. Yeah. So it's amazing how much money we spent or saved, I'm sorry, but by not doing that and knowing that this was going to be our goal. And it was incredibly important for me, for Kyle to be able to take time and not have the say three, six, nine month work, return to work looming over our heads. I wanted to be able to go out there and just experience it, whatever. So we really budgeted and we saved and we said, okay, this is how much we need to probably realistically survive on the road, Yeah, save that much money. And with what we did with the house and everything, we were able to, you know, pay for this build completely. Right. So we're totally debt free. All of our cars are paid for. We really just got all that teed up and I will be able to work part-time on the road. Um, so that'll help with the diesel costs right now. Um, but that was really important. I think to us yeah. to like, let him take this time yeah. out of the CRNA life. So yeah, we, we, we saved a lot. Yeah, we had been saving prior to that as well, knowing right. that yep. we wanted to do something like this. We, yeah. we didn't know it was going to get to this caliber at the time, but we yep. did. We saved up for a long time. So my certain my advice to any listeners out there is if you have any inkling any of thought inkling. that you want to do anything like this, start saving now. Talk to a financial Start planning guy, now. Get your ducks in a row and, and just get it all together. Um, like Jen said, yeah. So yeah, we saved. We, COVID certainly helped us um, save a ton more money. Uh, sale of our house a lot talking to a financial guy private before we had another financial guy that, you know a good guy that's, you know to deal with with independent contracting if it's later on down yeah. the road and to move our investments into separate things down the road so that we're 
you know, long-term and short-term, long-term, short-term making money as we kind of go with just the money that we have had saved over the years. And, um, John brought up another thing, health insurance, man. Oh, that's been, <laughs> yeah. Well, have, have I ever become a proponent for uh national health insurance mm. after this whole endeavor? Cause it is, it is crazy. Even if you're willing to pay someone for health insurance, yes. boy, is it hard to actually get that ironed out. Wow. And we budgeted um, for it. We planned for it. And we're like, we want to give someone money to give us protection. <laughs> so yeah, anyone, anyone, anybody. Yeah. Highest bidder, lowest bidder. We don't care. Um, yeah. Ultimately, we uh, went through the ACA. It ended up being, uh, we got a pretty solid plan. We talked to the right guy. Thank you, Aaron Foley. If you're listening, yep. she got Dr. in touch. Dr. Aaron Foley. Dr. Aaron Foley. Nice. We got in touch with the right person. And man, was this guy uh, just a gem of a person who's just uh, incredible and fascinating and nice human being that helped yep. us on our way. So, um, we got, he got us all teed up and set up. So we just got coverage as of like today. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, wow. April 1st, April <laughs> 1st, baby. I mean, sure. we're saying the trip starts tomorrow. I yeah. know, right? <laughs> I'm like, yep. yeah. So we can hurt ourselves now and be okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's it in a nutshell. Finance is a nutshell. We can talk a well, lot about is, yeah. finances. It is kind but... of, you know, funny, like this whole inkling of a dream, like I said, started in high school with a V-dub bus and just right. a couple crazy kids on the road. And now we're here like, well, did you ca- talk to Tony? Did the supplemental health care go through? You know, like, <laughs> and we're like, well, we got to, you know, switch our 401, blah, 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 blah. I'm mm. like, God, so much adulting. Like, well, can we just go and adventure? But no, we're, you said we're 40 and- yeah. Well, that being said, we do have another colleague of ours who really within... Oh, she did it. Decided three weeks yep. so, with a kid, sold the house, bought a RV, teed up RV already, hopped in. She was gone in three weeks. Yeah. So. You're right. Uh, we should mention her. Um, so she had a six-year-old son. Yep. Uh, she had the baby on her own. Yep. Uh which we don't even she went, she went into labor that. at our house actually. We need to go nice. the hospital. Mm-hmm. So she was a CRNA, mm-hmm. well into her career. Yep. yep. Excellent provider. Yep. Well respected. Really good at her job. Had this six year old, was like single mom in it, hardcore. Like, mm-hmm. like try I mean, just a stellar mom. Oh, but yeah. Absolutely. Always like childcare, daycare, mm-hmm. sick kid. Solely on her, yep. right? Work, yep. childcare, and, and not else. family too. No, cl- no family I mean, some or... family, but not really. Right, you know, limited like local limited support. Yes, web. Yes, and so she's CRNA, and just decided that uh, she only had so many more years with her son before he was like getting into teenage, yeah, doing his own thing, going to college, then pff, gone adult, and but old enough to appreciate road tripping. So she did. She packed she everything. She bought a. Mercedes RV, like mm-hmm. looked like an RV. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an RV. It like, was an RV. Yeah, Significantly can, larger than this one. Yeah. yeah. And hit the road with him and like hit the road. Hit the like, road. Like quit her job. Yeah. And Sold that. Her house, couple days and. Yeah. Boom. Gone. And yeah. that was sick to yeah. watch. It was, yeah. It was an epic exit. Yeah. I yeah. was very impressed. Cause yeah. she, and then, and then after the aftermath, like following her on social media and it's just like, Oh, she's in another national park. Oh, yep. look at that. Her boy's playing in the Creek with a yeah. bunch of other RV kids. Like, yeah. Yeah. like Pretty cool. not, not hurting on the social element of things at all. And just enjoying making those memories yeah. with her son. And the connections with him on the road with other friends and people yeah. that he's going to, you know, develop, you know, friendships with yeah. and everything. And I think she ended up maybe, I don't know, maybe less than a year mm-hmm. in, she sold that RV and traded in for, or like I think a pull behind, yeah, like a, like a trailer, truck, fifth wheel, fifth truck wheel. trailer, combo. yeah, and yep. got a truck so that she was a little bit more like agile, more agile when she parked yep. it. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, lots of different options so on people options. who are doing stuff oh, yeah. like this. So, yep. well, I just want to—I don't know. I mean, we're we're right at an hour in. I just want to cap off and and round out the conversation by saying it's a it's a common phrase for me, but it's so apropos for this. I'm so stoked for y'all. I've been stoked for y'all. I've been watching this dream come together and like hopping in the van. I'm glad. I'm. It's pretty fun to do this interview. It's the first interview I've done in a van. Um. Uh, but this is a long time coming. And I think that, um, you know, Kyle, knowing you that like your career has been at the forefront of what you've been doing the last 13 years, like you're not like a, yeah, I'm kind of like a CRNA, but I'm just uh, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you've, you excelled as a CRNA. Like that was super important to you. And Jen, like you have been crushing your career as this like chef creative extraordinaire. And to watch both of you come to this point of going, we're pivoting, we're pivoting hard. hard and we're not, we're not like giving the bird to adulting. Like no. we're doing this in a very adulting way. Like right. we're lining yeah. up our finances. We're planning for this. Yeah. We're saving for this. I think that's we're a like, perfect way to say it. We're, we're doing this in a very adulting kind of way. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like you're done with homeownership Mm-mm. or your career in healthcare, Kyle, but like. I think that's what's so remarkable, which is why I was like, we've got to do, I mean, we've been watching this for a while unfold, but develop, but I'm like, we've got to do this as a podcast to get out there for other folks that like, I've actually wanted to do a show and I'm going to get around to it. Maybe you'll come back and help me, help me do it. But it's, I want to, I want to call it um, anesthesia. Don't do it for the money. And just to talk about like, it's not all about like how much money you make Mm -hmm. in life. It's not about how many hours can you work, you know? And there's been some studies that have shown like once you get above, I think the most recent one came out in 2018. It's like, once you get above, um, like I think in the North America was $105,000 of earned income for an individual. Mm -hmm. So if you got family maybe it needs to be a little bit more, but for an individual over $105,000, there is no greater return on subjective well-being ratings. Like mm. people don't like you make more money, you don't rate your life as being happier mm. right. after that. So it's like as a CRNA, you're rolling out with, you know, twice that income from the start. And then and then like what else are you looking for? You know, right, like right. and I think at some point you have to realize that there are other things in your life besides the accumulation of, you know, wealth and assets and junk mm. that create meaning and it's the ability i i think time back in the finances thing is like setting yourself up financially you know paying your debt off Mm -hmm. saving money offloading belongings to help pay for things like this it creates the freedom Mm -hmm. to be able to go do these things with peace of mind 100 that's perfectly said and very well said kind of back earlier to the financial part and i almost mentioned but you know when we first moved to maine well, one, Maine was on my no list. I was like, no, Maine, Wisconsin, Michigan, <laughs> too cold, Minnesota, nope, uh-uh, see you later. Um, but Kyle interviewed here along with three other CRNAs that we all moved up here with yeah. and their spouses who are nurses. And um, I moved here sight unseen during a nor'easter, stoked about that one. Um, but no, I, I we love Maine, we love all that. But our plan was just to stay here until he paid off his student loans. And man, I think that year you and Kyle Olmstead were tied for the highest you know, OT hours. Yeah, most and amount of hours worked in the department. It was just, and then Kyle was like, this is not a life. Like, yeah. this isn't quality of life. Like, I'm working all the time. We paid off the debt, which is great, and we're so grateful for that, and, you know, smart planning and decision-making and all that, but it wasn't quality of life. And when you were saying earlier about the American dream, the flip side is, yes, because he has this career, we could afford to do this. Like, this would have taken us fast, you know, a lot longer on 
the average person's salary to save up to pay for the van, pay for the build, time away, yeah, and then in saving. for sure. Well, di- for sure, <laughs> for sure. And we have other friends that have done incredible trips like this in, you know, a safari van and, you know, not as comfortable. But because he's had his job, his career, and makes that salary, we can afford to do it this way. And for the next year-ish, we will be very comfortable. You know, like, yeah, we could have done a cheaper build, but now we don't have any of those bops. We don't have any of those insecurities. And that's all part of it because of his salary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then back to John's point, like, I'm, I'm a big work-life balance guy. Oh, it's mm-hmm. You know, how much do you really need to make? And, you know, you, you need to make enough money for you to be comfortable and so that you can do things like this. And this is the whole point, right? Yeah. What's the point in making a ton of money if you're not going to have fun with it and do something and, um, you know, and live your life? Yeah. So here we are. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, that's a good note to end on, I think. <laughs> I'm stoked for you. There's so much more we could talk about in terms of builds and philosophy and hopes, dreams, fears, all that kind of stuff. But we have talked about um, letting you get a few months on the road and maybe coming back yeah. and checking in. So yeah, yeah, we'll, see. we'll see. We'll yeah. Maybe you won't have time because you're just going to be out there having so much fun. You yeah, know? yeah, we will. So if but, anybody and if anybody wants to follow along with us, yep. we uh, we did start an Instagram page. Uh, it is Frank Van Steen. No, Frank and Van Steen. Frank and, Frank and Van Steen. We'll get this, we'll Frank, get this for you guys. No, Frank Van Steen <laughs> with yeah. two N's on the van. You'll find it. It says Kyle and Jen right there on the... Yeah. Oh, there's a little picture of our dog on there. You can't Sam. F-R-A-N-K-V-A-N-N-S-T-E-E-N. That's right. Frank Van Steen. You got it. Steen, last name. And this is our little monster. It's our little Frankenstein's monster that we got a bunch of parts and put it in here and... yeah. Here we are. Let's Here hope we are. it won't be a total nightmare. Yeah. And then, yeah, so we'll, we'll do some post our adventures along the way yeah. and whoever wants to follow And if we're not divorced and... in six months, we can, you know, <laughs> we can touch base, let you know how touch it's going. Hey, we'll do, uh, yeah. it'll be part two and three of the series. I we'll think so. both yeah. on just yeah. different episodes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think Jen's yeah. going to write a cookbook along the way, so yeah, hopefully you can we're follow thinking about doing too. a little yeah. cookbook So you're into photography, you're into cooking, you've talked about doing, like, um, photography of where you go, yeah. maybe some recipes for like the whole like local food scene. Yes. P- yep. Like tied into the geolocation of where you're at. Exactly. I wanted to be really inspired by travel and cool. people that we meet on the road and a little bit, you know, quick story, but um, one year I randomly took a day trip with my dog up to Camden on my, it was my birthday. I think it was just one of those April wintry days. And I was like, Camden seems like, like a cool town. I zipped up there and it's April. So everything's closed, Yeah, you know? And the guy, the epic guy, if you guys have ever been up there, this wine and cheese shop is super cool. And he was the only one open. And I went in there and ate cheese and meats and talked about wine and life and whatever with this this guy in Camden. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, yeah. I came home with a baguette and some cheese. I'm like, hey, this one's from a local creamery and whatever. And I just loved that feeling of like meeting interesting people, hearing their story. And so like my dream is you know, go down to Santa Fe during, you know, hatch chili season. I'm like, okay, what can we make with these hatch chilies? And, you know, let's do a recipe and talk about the farmer that grew them and the guy that was spinning the, you know, over the fire and, you know, part in like enveloping the travel part of it for people living vicariously through us and with us. And the cooking part, they're like, okay, maybe you can't get hatch chilies, but you can easily get poblanos at Hannaford. You know, yeah. so like go make this and like be inspired by our journey and listen to how cool this guy's seventh generation story is. And, you know, so I want it to be kind of a storytelling travel food recipe. Nice. 
something. And again, nice. I need my little creative juices out there, so this will help mm. feed that a little bit. That's awesome. Well, I'm stoked for you. Uh, you you have talked about so like U.S. for sure. You Definitely. you've got Jen. You've got family in Mexico. Yep. So you've talked about taking this thing. Yep. Down in Mexico, Canada yep. probably gonna yep. be on the list. Yeah, already yep. been there. If they'll let you, well, you <laughs> they'll let us back in. Yeah, <laughs> seven hours in Canada. Yeah, yep. um, yeah, Canada, U.S., Mexico, Mexico City, Baja, Central America, maybe. Central America, maybe. We'll Someday. see. We got to buff oh, up our gosh. Spanish. It's pretty rusty after oh ten, gosh. you know, yeah, twelve so. years, thirteen years in Maine. Wherever, wherever. Yeah, well, you are everywhere. Y'all are gonna be on the road. If you want to follow them, Frank Van Steen on Instagram. We'll link to it in the show notes. Kyle and Jen, thank you so much. You've got an incredible van partner, Kyle, uh, in terms of like the chef. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, oh, the food's going to be so lit in here. Yeah. It's going to be so, so good. Kyle's, Kyle's actually an incredible cook as well and grill master and everything. And we just enjoy it. We just enjoy cooking yeah. together and um, it'll be it'll be good. Yeah, I'll cook on yeah. the fire a lot. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Well, I wish you two the absolute best. There's going to be good times and hard times, but like... Mm. Overall, I mean, I just see this whole project as like a lightning bolt of like being fully alive and mm -hmm. just getting after it. So yeah. I'm just so stoked for both of you. You've built an incredibly beautiful home. Uh, I'm jealous. I'm just like, oh, my heart is just like sank. I'm so, but I'm glad that you stopped by to fill up the water tank. So, yeah. and well, to, to do the interview on the day I'm before you hit the road work. trip. In the yeah. van. This is, this, yeah, this is, is a cool setup. I yeah, like it. Great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Best wishes. Thank you, John. That's awesome. Hey, y'all. John here. If you're digging the show, will you take a couple of minutes and drop a review of Anesthesia Guidebook on Apple Podcasts? Your comments and ratings help other people trust the show. Also, send a link to the podcast to your classmates and colleagues. Word of mouth is the best way for Guidebook to grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.